Broadcasting from Chico, California, this is the Barbless Fly Fishing Podcast, where we discuss NorCal fly fishing, guiding, fisheries science and management, conservation, and more. No better, fish better. Here's your host, Hogan Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Hogan Brown. This is the Barbless Podcast, and it is, well, I'm recording this intro the 1st of March, which uh, in my world, uh, essentially marks the end of the winter. Um, I no longer associate with winter as it is March. March means spring, at least in my own mind. Um, the weather right now would lead me to believe my mind is wrong. It's a uh, frigidly cold blowing wind and basically every bump that I see in the state around me has snow on it. We've been just getting hammered with snow. Um, driving across the valley up here out of Chico today, it was snow on both sides all the way up and not like the, the like dusting where you can kind of see stuff sticking up, but like just solid. So good news for the, uh, the filling of reservoirs and the flowing of rivers through the uh, hot summer months. So good news, but uh, definitely putting a cramp in most people's recreational fishing. Um, drove over the sack today, went out to look at it, and it is fairly brown and fairly high, as I imagine most rivers are, as it rained a ton in the valley as well over the last couple days. So, you know, going to be a bit, going to be a minute. Um, before anybody can get out and do something, the lakes are still going, you know, though the water's coming up fast in Orville Shasta Shasta's, I think up to 70% fill. I looked at the, the BLM website today, but they continue to fill. They continue to keep coming up. You know, it's kind of at the point where like, when are we going to start dumping water? You know, um, with all the snow and all the snow that is going to melt, um, I'm glad I'm not the guy who's doing the math on if we have enough room for it all in reservoirs. So hopefully if, if that guy is listening or anyone knows that guy, make sure that guy is well-fed, well-slept, rested, and uh, can do his maths accurately. So other than that, um, me and Oliver, my 14-year-old son, we went down to the uh, fly fishing show. Um, this last weekend at Pleasanton, it was fun, fun to hang out with him for the day. Me and him hung out in the Scott booth. He worked the Scott booth with me and my good buddy, Matt Callies and Jim Barchi, president of Scott Flyrods and Teresa, um, both were out from Montrose and, uh, attendance was, I don't want to say it was good, but, um, I was only there Friday, Saturday and Friday there was some traffic and then it, it like died. You know, it was basically the people that had paid to have a booth hanging out. And, uh, Saturday was definitely busier. Um, it kind of died at the end of the day. Like it, it usually does. And then, um, we left that night. Me and Oliver came home, but, uh, my buddy, Matt, Matt Kelly said that Sunday was pretty busy, which is not traditionally the case. So maybe the pattern's shifting, but it was good to see a lot of people, you know, a lot of, I mean, gosh, everybody's there, you know, um, all the, uh, brands, the shops, 
fly fishing specialties, Lost Coast Outfitters just have enormous booths and, you know, have a bunch of sales and do a bunch of business there. Um, bunch of outfitters and travel businesses. And then, you know, the normal, the Sims, the Sages, the Reddingtons, Scott, Abel, Airflow, uh, Ross, all those were there too. So it was good. Good to see everybody. Good to chat. You know, there's a lot of good products coming out from everybody. A couple new rods, you know, cool to see a lot of the able reels in person. There's gosh, I mean, the able reels have essentially reached like artwork status with some of the stuff that they're putting on them and engraving in them and stuff like that. So good to see, good to be there. Other than that, not a whole lot going on. Um, we got the Cal Bass Union Days coming up um, March 11th at Fly Fishing Specialties. We're going to have a, going to be 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. ish. Uh, we're going to have a full slate of the union members there presenting, talking about bass fishing throughout California, or at least no- Northern California. So we'll be giving presentations, doing fly tying presentations. We'll have a raffle, um, have some merch for sale and to hand out. And then we're going to, put the band back together again, April 1st and head down to the friendly confines of San Francisco and, uh, host another Cal day at lost coast outfitters with, uh, George Ravel and his crew. And that'll be, uh, presentations, fly tying demonstrations, raffles, probably have some beverages to sample and drink and, uh, maybe even some food. We'll have to see. So those are coming up, gearing up for those, you know, and, Got a couple spring barbecues coming. I think April 29th is the fly fishing specialties one. We'll be down there probably hanging out, doing stuff. Um, not sure if I'll be there, but the union will be there and in effect. So it is, as I said, as I start the show, uh, officially, if not unofficially spring, at least in my mind, um, it's going to really feel like spring here pretty quick when the time change hits. And that is like, that's, you know, full speed ahead. So once it starts getting dark at like seven thirty, eight o'clock, it game on. So I'm pretty excited for that, even though I still turn my heater on every morning and I'm wearing flannel and nowhere near shorts and flip flops. So, um, guest today, we got an exciting, uh, exciting guest from the uh, the great state of Arizona, out in sunny Phoenix. Derek Rivkin, um, owner and operator of uh, Low Water Guide Service, and uh, a guy I've known for a while. Does some does a ton of really cool stuff out in Phoenix, Arizona. Which cool fly fishing in Phoenix, Arizona are not things that usually go together, at least in most people's mind. And, you know, I met Derek probably, I don't know, a couple months ago, we went out and did a video, different fish, different places, the chapter one for Loon Outdoors, uh, Dominic Bruno went out there and filmed it. And it is not a place you would think someone would decide a smart career move would be to be a fly fishing guide. But Derek has done it and done it successfully. He runs a couple different guides, a bunch of different types of trips. Um, None of it being conventional in the sense of like, I walk and wade trout fish. It is 
completely unconventional, completely unique as you would imagine it would have to be in uh, a place like Phoenix, Arizona. So I've been trying to get him on the show for a while and just kind of talk about it because also the the one of the founders, if not the founder of the Barbells podcast, Chad Alderson, relocated out there. And um, I know Chad has actually gone out with Derek and uh, learned quite a bit from him. And if you followed Chad on Instagram, he's back at it, pulling on fish and getting back out there. So um, pretty interesting place from what Derek kind of shared with me and talks to us about. So hopefully enjoy it. Uh, hopefully you're, you're warm and not snowed in somewhere though. I imagine a lot of you are, so stay safe out there and, uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Hey everybody. Welcome back to the Barbless podcast. This is Hogan Brown. I am excited to welcome my guest, Derek, and I'm not going to say your last name, Derek, cause I'll probably butcher it. How do you <laughs> <laughs> properly say your last name? It is. It's phonetically correct. So it's just riv like a river. And then the chin on your face is how I always explain it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's where I was going to go. But every yeah. time I do that, I uh, usually am wrong. So <laughs> people always they turn the ch into a cuss or they're like rifkin. Like, yeah. No, it's just, just rip chin. Just let it roll off your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly how it's spelled. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's great, Maybe man. In another country, but yeah. <laughs> And uh, why don't you tell the listeners where you're from and what you do? Um, so I am from Phoenix, Arizona, and I uh, own and operate with a couple other guides, uh, Low Water Guide Service. And we just do fly fishing trips pretty much um, in the Phoenix area. We venture out up into a Payson area, but mostly just centered right in Phoenix. That's that's a, uh, a kind of somewhat of an oxymoron as a fly fishing guide in Phoenix, Arizona, since yeah. most people think of it as the desert. But are you yeah. are you born and raised in Phoenix? Yeah, yeah. So I was born just maybe 15 minutes from where I live right now. And so I've always kind of like, I used to gear fish a bunch and I was real little with my mom and stuff, but my dad was never a fisherman. So I was always like, just trying to figure stuff out on my own and not throwing the right stuff. But yeah, yeah, I was born and raised here. <laughs> oh man. It's amazing how many, um, cause my, the same kind of deal goes for me, but it's amazing how many people, the more people I talk to, I guess throughout my life, like mom was the catalyst for the outdoors. You yeah, know? yeah. That is, yeah. A, that is a theme that continually repeats itself. That is not necessarily, what you would think yeah, yeah. And my dad was like outdoors but not in the like uh fishing and hunting scene he like rode dirt bikes and jet skis but gotcha. him riding jet skis we were stuck at the w lake every weekend so yeah that's where i was like it was back in the day when they had those uh the real narrow jet skis that are like super hard to ride so i was like Dude, i can't ride these i'm only like eight years old <laughs> <laughs> I would just like throw these crazy lures out in the middle of the lake and just hang out and fish, put <laughs> my dog and all kinds of horror stories. That's awesome. So how'd you get into fly fishing being in Phoenix? How'd that, how'd that start? Um, gosh, so we were, I was gear fishing. Um, and my wife bought me a fly rod, just like a little Bass Pro fly, fly rod. Yeah. And, uh, God, that was probably nine years ago now. And so we just started going through the motions of that. Like we would go up to the mountains and trout fish because that's what everybody does when you get a fly rod. Yeah. Um, did that and just got like super addicted to that. 
sold that rod and like went and bought like a good rod. So I was like, all right, I'm going to need something good. I'm going to stay with it. Um, um, and then, uh, from there, I think like Casey Badger was like just the Reddington find your, find your water video just yeah. came out. Yeah. 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 And, um, the cat, I think I saw that and then I was like, holy shit. And I, it was like, I might've been talking to Casey at that point, but that just like blew it up. And then he started showing me how to like catch the carp in the canals or in the ponds. Yeah. And then that just kind of, then I was like, all right, I'm all in. That's a good story. Cause I mean, there is like, there is a history of fly fishing in, in the Phoenix, Arizona area. I mean, I I mean, I remember coming out for spring training Yeah, probably 15 (laughs) to 18 years ago and fishing with John Romer up on some, up on some smallmouth lakes and such. So, I mean, it's there. It's just, I'm always interested how someone in the area is, you know, a young man, like is like, yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, Romer used to guide for bass out on like the salt river lakes were like, God, I couldn't even imagine how he was doing it back then. Cause some of those lakes are so tricky and he was like full on guiding them, but he's, he's on another level for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I, I didn't at the time it was like, I was out there with my dad and we were going to spring training. My buddy John Sherman was coming out for yeah. like a, a sales. I think he was oh, showing wow. somebody in Arizona something. So like I stopped by and saw Sherm and then booked a trip with John and me and my dad went out with him. That's it was cool. a yeah, it was a bit of a drive from yeah, where we were. <laughs> but uh yeah. I mean we caught fish all day, but I mean I don't think I realized like a good guide makes it look easy, right? So, like, I mean, yeah. we pulled into a spot and just started hammering fish, and I was like, "Oh, cool! This is, <laughs> I guess, ba- is. yeah, I guess this is bass fishing in Phoenix. Cool, <laughs> yeah, yeah." And the reality is, we're like just struggling a lot of times. <laughs> if it's not warm and sunny out, yeah, winter time is brutal out here. But on a fly rod, at least, yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, and cool. you brought up Casey Badger, like that was kind of the first glimpse when reddington did that video i don't what was that like maybe nine ten years ago or yeah yeah it had to have been somewhere right around then yeah Yeah. that really put a shine on the on the carp fishing in phoenix yeah that was uh yeah i can still picture like the beast starting of that video and being like what the hell (laughs) (laughs) now when you saw that did you know those spots where you're like oh my god that's that shopping mall (laughs) and like some of them yeah like some of them i always try and like if i see a picture i always try and like guess where it is so i was i know some of them were like under uh it was under the highway and i was like holy shit how the hell did they get under there i was more surprised like how did you guys do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like the logistics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like even with Romer, the logistics of it, driving way out there to that lake, it's just like gives me anxiety thinking about it. <laughs> I will say I do is now that I sit and think about it, I do remember I think his I think we got a flat tire. His like <laughs> boat trailer blew out on the way home or something. Like it was an adventure. Was? Oh man. Uh, I, was it Apache? Oh I don't know. Was it real? Uh, yeah, I wonder. Because I remember he used to guide at this lake called Apache Lake, and it's fucking brutal going in. There's only two ways in, and they're both dirt roads. And no, I mean it was. <laughs> I didn't my like radar of like I'm you know I didn't hear like banjos or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was not like 
I, I yeah. don't remember thinking I may never get out of here alive. <laughs> yeah. I do remember being stuck on a major freeway with a flat tire on a boat trailer being like, oh, that sucks. You know, yeah. like, yeah. good thing I'm staying in the truck. Uh, yeah, it's never fun. <laughs> no, no. Especially if you know you're like, oh, dude, this is this has happened to me. And <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with this. Uh, oh, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. It was it was cool, though. I mean, whatever it was, it was like it was not what I expected. And then I know we went I went wade fishing for a day on the Salt River. I oh, yeah, I did that. And that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's an interesting place, too. Yeah. Yeah, that place is weird. I don't even really go over there, but it's definitely one of our goals for guiding to get a guide set up on that river because it's very popular. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, I mean, gosh, you've only been fly fishing for like nine years, you said? Ten years? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. So yeah. when were you like, wow, I, I really want to be a fly fishing guide? So I guess lead... I was doing wildland fire and I was in New Mexico and I can remember having the moment we were driving from uh, Farmington, like San Juan area. And we were heading to Albuquerque and I had been away from home for like, God, who knows, probably a month at that point. And I was just like, so fed up with the job and just, just fed up with it. Yeah. I remember telling my buddy, I was like, dude, I should just try guiding in Phoenix. I was like, nobody does it there. Like, I, I know where the fish are. I know how to catch them. I just have to, like, teach myself how to teach somebody else, you know? Yeah. So I, I remember, like, starting to build the website at that point. And then, like, I think that following year, I just quit and didn't come back the next year and just started guiding. I never wrote a business plan down or anything like that. I just kind of, like, got everything I needed, got my permits, got the insurance, and was just like, let's just wing it and see what happens. <laughs> So many great, like, many great win. things have been started that way, and yeah, you know, yeah. also many lives have been ruined that way. So you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't, I'm not a business operator or anything. I had no prior experience to it. I was just like, besides doing yard work when I was a little kid, that's about it. <laughs> that's interesting, though, because I mean, it, basically, I mean, Phoenix is one of those cities where. I kind of like, it's kind of like San Francisco in the sense of like a lot of people that fish come there for business or other things. Right. And if yeah, you can capitalize yeah. on that, yeah, um, you will have a steady stream of business. You know, I mean, how many conventions are in Phoenix? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. And that's like, as I'm, this is our fourth year. So as I'm like getting into it, I'm like, I like I don't try and target the local guys. I rather just like help them because they can go out and fish whenever. So like it changes my advertising or whatever to like yeah. people traveling here because I know that's that's my audience, the people traveling here. We don't get destination fisher guys that are like, Hey, I heard Phoenix is the place to fish. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's never happened. Yeah. Well, it's the- always a byproduct. Yeah, and that's you know that's an interesting thing because I've had George Ravel on the show before, and George, you know, he said something to me like with Lost Coast Outfitters in the city is he's like people come here with an afternoon or at most a day, yeah, and they don't want to travel overnight to the McLeod or some yeah. you know blue ribbon trout fishery that's three to six hours away. They want to 
fish and get on a plane or be at dinner and you know figuring out yeah. how to fish within the city limits is yeah really yeah. The, the where the business is so to say yeah for sure and yeah that's how i've kind of i'll try and like i tell everybody i'm like you come through just bring your fly rod next time you can fish these spots yeah i mean a lot of the battle with the canals are just like finding the fish and staying where the fish are and just like following them around and yeah so like right now they're doing uh the canal cleanups they kind of are wrapping it up but um they'll literally like herd all the fish into a net move them to a who knows where like miles away in a different part of the canal and then they like drain all the water and clean everything wow sometimes they put the fish back sometimes they don't and then they, you're just like relying on the fish to kind of Find move home. back throughout yeah move back down and it's like jesus so i mean so, that's interesting so i mean to back up like so you have break down the canal system and in, in, give me the elevator pitch on when, when we talk about a canal system for our listeners what are we talking about so like man way back in the day we had um a couple the native american tribes called the hohokam that were uh they lived down here in the valley and they had a crazy canal system how they like irrigated all their crops down here so when the settlers started moving in we kind of came and just kind of made our own canal systems but we kind of improved what they already had and oh. they were just running canals off of like the salt river the gila river and just kind of working them all throughout the valley um so now we have um salt river projects they run the salt river chains which are like man they flood out from uh, eastern arizona and they run all the way down into uh, roosevelt lake then apache lake then canyon and then saguaro and then to the salt river where like you have fished yeah and then that kind of flows down into the canals and kind of starts the whole canal system and you could take those canals all the way from the salt river all the way to glendale stadium on the west side of phoenix like it's just wow crazy 150 miles of just canals um so that's the that would be like the arizona and then there's the grand canal and then there's a bunch of smaller canals, some are private, some you can't even fish that are just like, just, it's like, just guys that are, have the sail on the canal that just can like ship the water down to their land pretty much. Wow. We got the CAP canal, Central Arizona project. And that one taps off on uh, the Colorado River and Havasu. And then it flows to um, uh, Lake Alamo. And then it hits Lake Pleasant and Lake Pleasant was a, that was the lake in that loon video we did where we were catching the yeah. carp. Yeah. So it's yeah, like yeah. crystal clear, full of zebra mussels. So it's just like gin clear all the time. That place is a lot of fun, but wow, that canal flows all the way down to central Arizona and just dumps off there. It's so, they have a lot of water going through Phoenix. And that's it's interesting. Necessary. I had no idea that it was, you know, the canal system date back dates back to the native american tribes that's yeah. really interesting yeah that's always something i try and tell people because like you'll find i found pieces of pottery out there along the canal like broken up ones and i was like man that's crazy it's just yeah. like our international airport is probably built on top of a lot of the rooms there because there's a hohokam museum right next to the airport and it's like one of their main where their like main center of town was so it's Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> There's is. still a lot of them that are just like the rooms of them that you can go and check out. But that's really yeah, cool. a lot of history. Yeah. So with the canals, 
you know, for our listeners, they're basically cemented kind of channel rivers, correct? Yeah. Because you got yeah, water moving through them. There's current. Yeah. 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 It's not, it's never stagnant. It's always running. Um, they're real fiberglassy, like uh, they're concrete, but they have like fiberglass mixed into it. So there's like jinky hooks of fiberglass <laughs> sticking out and like, it's like coral. It's honestly yeah. like our own thing of coral. Um, it's not a, you don't usually get snagged up on it, but it's definitely like, yeah, it's nasty cheese grater concrete. Like you wouldn't yeah. want to fall in it. Yeah. Um, they have like, uh, they have, um, almost like a dam every, I don't even know if it's a calculated amount of distance, but they just have like these big dams that kind of like block off sections of them. Yeah. Um, they have gates where they can control the flows. They have uh, ladders or stairs that are, they're probably about a hundred feet on both sides and they alternate like every hundred feet. Okay. Um, and that's like how we get down to land the fish. Yeah. So we can like, Cause otherwise we would need like a, God, probably a 10 foot hand handled <laughs> net. <laughs> well, cause the pictures uh, I've seen, like you're not scaling down the side of those things. No, like, yeah. With that like, cheese grater, just gnarliness. Yeah. Yeah. There we, we have to walk them to the stairs. We hook them. The fish is kind of like, what the hell is going on? Like does like a couple runs, then we start walking them to the stairs, <laughs> and then they—that's when they start fighting and they start like realizing what's going on, and then they start making all their runs and stuff like that. But oh wow, yeah, we got, we 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 hook them and we walk them to the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that's Every amazing. Time. Like all right, let's walk them over here now. Sometimes you can reach down and land them, mm-hmm. but yeah, usually you gotta walk them down. So we've all gotten like good at scaling down these sketchy stairs. People see them and they're like, "You're gonna go down there?" Like, oh yeah. It's, all right. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is the spot I wanted to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and when you talk about the fish, what type of fish are we talking about? If we're in the canals, we're usually chasing grass carp. Um, there are common carp in there. There's everything in there. There's one a game and fish biologist told me he's seen a uh, alligator gar in there. So <laughs> there, everything is in that canal system. Um, but we're usually targeting the grass carp, uh, white emers, they call them. Yeah. And those are all stocked in by, uh, we'll speak for SRP, but uh, the Salt River Project, they all, they stock those fish. They're federally protected. Like you can catch them, but you have to like immediately put them back. Wow. Um, because they're in there just, they're, they're herbivores. They're in there just to clean the water pretty much. So they don't have to use herbicides. Oh, they're employees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're city workers. <laughs> <laughs> they're city workers. Without the benefits or anything. <laughs> and they get get stuck with hooks. So a grass carp, what's what's the average? I mean, for the listeners, a grass carp, because we don't have a ton of those. I mean, they're in California, but most of the guys that, and let's be real, it's a pretty small group of them that target yeah. carp out here. They're fishing yeah. for the common carp. Yeah. Um, what what is the difference between say the common carp and a grass carp? The way I always kind of explain them, the grass carp are silver. They're usually longer. Like our record for the catch and release one is a it was a fifty two inches long. Wow! And it weighed like sixty one pounds. Jesus! So they get ginormous. Yeah. Um, they're real long, kind of like a the Goodyear blimp almost, and then they have a smaller dorsal fin that's kind of like squared. Mm-hmm. and um, they don't have whiskers on their mouth. Their mouth is more like in front of their face versus on the bottom, like a comet. Gotcha. And their eyes are more like uh, on the broad side of their head. So they're like, 
if you're walking along, they're like staring right at you. They kind of hang more in the water column. They're not really bottom feeding. Gotcha. And um, they're, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're something crazy um, versus like the common carp. Common carp are like very wary kind of, not that the grass carp aren't, but the common carp, they're just, you know, big old sucker lips on the bottom. They yeah. have that huge dorsal fin, big gold boys. Um, <clears throat> they also come in koi. They uh, mirror carp, fantail carp. I'm sure there's some other weird ones out there, but yeah, we in the lakes we uh, we'll target the the common carps. Gotcha. We don't have the grass carp in any of the lakes. Luckily. Gotcha. So y- you got the canals, and that's basically kind of how how you know in the elevator spiel. How are guys fishing the canals? It's usually drag and drop. A lot of guys do. Um, I've been doing this, like my swinging technique that I kind of started and found out like two years ago. And it's so some guys have kind of heard of that and they're trying like their own ways to do it and stuff. So that's interesting just seeing like different ideas of that. Cause as far as I knew, nobody was really intentionally swinging for them. They might've caught them like dead drifting something, but gotcha to go out and like throw a fly halfway in the water and let it like literally swing and let that fish nail it while it's swinging has been like, it's a really fun way to fish for them and it's pretty active and it moves a lot of fish and it's a lot of fun to watch. And that's Um, somewhat of a reaction bite kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, we've been, we've been trying to figure out what it is that the fly even like imitates. And last year we noticed some kind of chasing bluegill around. Okay. So we've been kind of dabbling with like more blue gilly flies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like, um, God, I always explain it like, like bomber jets, just like how they fly up in the water or in the sky and they like get right behind their target, like in a movie or something like yeah. that. The, yeah. You'll be swinging that streamer and you'll just see like three grass carp just like pop up right behind it, just like swimming behind it, trying to like, they're, <laughs> They're like, they're big fish. They're not made. They're not like a trout where they have that slime on them, you know? Yeah. So they're like struggling to turn and like get this fly. Um, <laughs> and I'll like, I'll stick my arm out and I call it feeding them. And I just like give them a couple extra inches of that slack line to fall back. And then they just like grab the fly real quick. Oh, and then wow. you're just off to the races. But yeah. it's usually in like faster water. So it's a lot more like fighting the fish because they're just like it i like to do that when the water's all blown out and super high because it gotcha. just moves fish and you can yeah. almost blind fish for them because usually we're sight fishing all of them we have to watch them like eat that fly so we know when to set because they're not like they're not super aggressive like a bass they don't like grab the fly and just take off with it they like god they like kiss that thing they lick it they do everything <laughs> like but eat it sometimes yeah it's crazy it's crazy and and you do, you know, most of it, no matter what type of fishing you do, it is a visual eat, correct? Yeah. Like you yeah. see it. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Almost always. And then we had, we'll do like dry flies um, and that same thing. It's like smacking the water. You got to hit them right in the head with that thing or they like, they don't find it and they don't go out of their ways to get the fly either. So it's like super accurate cast. I'm always like, hey, practice your accuracy before you get out here. Just like, yeah. just work on it. Um, and then like, even then they'll like, if you miss off to the side of their face, they're so big that they try and like do a U-turn and it ends up being like a five foot turning radius. (laughs) They can't find the fly again because they're just like 
so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's silly. It's really funny a lot of the times. Now, so you've kind of, you know, as you're doing all this stuff, as you're, you're figuring this out, like, I mean, with the video with Casey, like there was, so Casey left town pretty quickly after that video, I think, right? Yeah. 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 yeah pretty. Yeah. So you're kind of left to figure this all out on your own. Am I, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's a small yeah. cult of dudes, but like you're figuring techniques, flies, like, you know, there's yeah. not a whole lot of, you know, classic literature on the grass carp <laughs> that you can reference with the fly yeah. rods. So, I mean, have you had to develop flies and all sorts of different stuff? Yeah, pretty much every kind of carp fly I use is something that I've kind of made up. Um, we had many, many cheese that lives out here and he was kind of doing, um, um, on the ponds and stuff like that. And he actually yeah. made this fly he called the Cheeberry. So like <laughs> we had like, we had him around to kind of like help guide us and stuff. But yeah. the canals, that's all like, he, I don't even think he really even fishes the canals even to this day. So it's all like all that was all learning new stuff for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So all my flies, uh, I've, yeah, they're all usually chartreuse or have chartreuse in them for sure. And is and, that uh, a visual, like, so they can see it? I think so, and it helps us see it mostly. Gotcha, gotcha. But they're always, like, I know that I, I have a few clients that have kind of, like, named my flies that I've used, because I'm just like, yeah. I don't know what they're just time to make them, you know? Yeah. And um, they'll kind of, like, do variants on it and stuff, so it's it's interesting to, like, see that they'll use, like, a white versus chartreuse, and they still catch fish. Gotcha. <laughs> But yeah, most of them are all, all my card flies, I definitely tie. A lot of them are like the lake ones are kind of just like dragonfly nymphs for the most part. Yeah. Um, every now and then they chase streamers around at the lakes, um, the common carp will. But for the most part, yeah, we're just doing like little dragonfly stuff like that. Gotcha. So the lake fishing, I mean, if you, if anyone follows you or looks at your website, they'll notice you have a, a basically a flats boat as well. <laughs> yeah. At what point did the lakes become a thing and kind of what are the lakes? Yeah. So it's an interesting story. I, um, I went, I went fishing in Oahu, Hawaii with the polar Jer Jeremy. Yeah. And, um, that kind of like set the tone for it. We were out on his little skiff and we were out on the flats, the little pancake flats, just looking for these bonefish. And I was like, I was like, this is like the most fun you can have on a boat pretty much. Yeah. And um, so that kind of like set the tone for it. Um, and then when I got back here, I just started, nobody has like a true flats boat out here really that I know of. No. Um, or a skiff, I should say. So I just started looking around for like, john boats because that was that's all i knew at that point <laughs> um i'm trying to think back and then we got the john boat um i think i ruined that boat dragging it around to the lake so much around here like the washboard roads and everything um and then i got my new my little tracker boat and just totally built it out to fish how we fish around here pretty much so did the did was it you bought the boat and you just were like I'm gonna figure this out or was there yeah. any history prior to that? Um, there was no history prior. I'm trying to think. I think I the timeline. I think I went fishing with Jeremy and then I was working in uh, uh, Farmington, New Mexico, and we were up on a fire once looking down, 
at uh, Navajo Lake, the lake that kind of feeds into the San Juan. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember seeing a ton of carp down there. I think I still have the video of just like this huge flat of just carp tailing everywhere. And I was like, I think I had heard about like people doing it like that. Uh, uh, what's it called? Carpland, I think is the yeah. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RAs guys maybe. Were doing it. Yeah. yeah. So I had seen that and I was like, oh man, I could, I could totally do that here. So I like went out on my, my little pontoon, my little kicker boat. Yeah. And pulled around on those. And then I was like, man, I got to get like a little skiff down here and just come back here. Now, how far are those lakes from Phoenix that you're fishing? Um, um, they're only like, uh, Lake Pleasant is maybe, uh, 45 minutes from Sky Harbor airport. And, um, Bartlett's oh. maybe like an hour and a half. Gotcha. Maybe just an hour. So yeah, all, just an hour. yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. And those are the two main ones. Um, usually we go to Bartlett most of the time. But yeah. And that is so. That is if someone if you're going out there. I mean, is that kind of? I would imagine at this state of the game, are you spending more time on the lakes or the canals? So I just finished up like all my guide reports for the year and everything. So for last year and I was kind of blown away by how many were actually on the canals. Yeah. And like, that's definitely our most popular trip. Um, I like doing the flat strips personally cause it's so much cooler, but yeah. But well, the I canals, the like easy, if you're in, you yeah, know what I mean? That's it's so convenient. Yeah. Yeah. And I do three hour trips on those or my half day. So it's like, it's cheap. People can just like come do it real quick and then get back out and do it on their own or go to their next meeting or just get on with life pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, on the lakes, what's the lake season? Um, it's usually spring, summer, fall, winter time. They just kind of went deep. I kind of noticed like the white bass and stuff going deep um, just last month, really. And now they're kind of just like, Gotcha. It's not fun, not fun anymore to fish for them on a fly rod. They're just like 30 feet and hanging down there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The bass aren't really fishing yet. Um, the carp are still down low. We have like, we kind of have runoff going. So everything's real dirty and all just like blown out. But gotcha. Yeah. So usually about here, probably hopefully the end of February, kind of early March, we'll start picking up on everything. Gotcha. So you but, talk about uh, white bass and regular bass. What other bass species do you have in those lakes? Um, Pleasant has, uh, it's got white bass, wipers, um, striped bass. Um, that's really the bass and largemouth in there. Um, Bartlett has a, just pretty much largemouth. They say there's smallmouth in there, but I've never seen one. Gotcha. Um, so usually just largemouth are kind of our primary ones. It's, it's a lot to chase the the stripers and the large mouths are kind of just like two different bodies of water. So we kind of yeah. just focus on one really. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. No, cool. I, my experience with stripers and lakes is that is a hard thing to do. Um, yeah. That's like one of my, like what I like to do. I wouldn't take somebody guiding. Out there. Yeah. It's usually pretty slow unless it's on fire then it's good. But yeah, that's like anything. So when you go out for a day on the lakes, you're going out in essentially a, a skiff with a pulling platform. Are you kind of mixing it up with the bass and the carp, or are you pretty focused on pulling the flats? It really depends. Um, a carp, there's a lot of guys that don't like fishing for carp still. So it's like, yeah. 
some of them want to just catch bass, but I'll still, my boat has the trolling motor and everything on it for bass fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually it's, I just leave it up to them. Um, if they want to do the carp, then it's usually, yeah, we go just all the way up river as far as we can and just get on little flats and just start pulling around or using the trolling motor. And we're just looking for tails pretty much at that point, just super skinny water. Um, how did you learn how to pull? Cause that's not a, uh, that's not a skill many of us are born with. Yeah. I tried to get Jeremy to teach me and he never did, but it was like, um, <laughs> and then my first boat was a 16 foot seed nymph. So it was like a mod V oh, not like a flat bottom boat. So I learned on that with a, a stiffy, uh, what's the white one? It's like the PV. No, it's not PVC, the fiberglass one. So it's super heavy. Yeah. I have no idea. It's, <laughs> so it's not like, my world. <laughs> yeah. So I was out there with a super heavy pulling uh, push pull and trying to do this. And my cousin built me a aluminum platform for the back of the boat and everything. Um, yeah, I wasn't very good at that boat. And then I got my little boat, which is like flat bottom. Yeah. And I got a carbon push pull and I was like, Oh man, now I can like kind of do it. So <laughs> I just, I just taught myself I would be interested to see me on like an actual pulling skiff, like down in the flat, the real flat and see how I do it. <laughs> but I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's funny. Cause it's, you've either learned in a really hard environment and you're going to shine or you're like, Oh man, I, this, I got, yeah, I got no business doing this. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes I'm like, wow, I'm like actually like navigating through these sticks and stuff like that. And other times I'm like, wrapping the boat around a tree and breaking rods and <laughs> beating the boat up, scratching it all down the side. <laughs> did, did you even, did you watch like YouTube videos or anything like that? Or were you just like, let, let experience be my teacher. I might've watched like one. I remember watching some video on it, but yeah, most of it was just like getting up there and like pushing the pole on my body and just like seeing how it turned the boat and just like, yeah. Yeah, if it's windy out though, like I, I can't do it. I'm on the trolling motor. I use the trolling motor a lot. Don't be fooled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I would too if I had a trolling. I, <laughs> yeah. I think even flats guides are figuring out the trolling motor. So, oh man, yeah, yeah, that's a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I know, like I've, I've owned skiffs like that before in the past, and I'm never much of a puller. I usually just kind of row them. But yeah, um, do your fish spook with the trolling motor? Not really. And like guys have asked me like, cause it's an aluminum John boat. They're like, isn't your whole slap like scare everything? And I think, God, we get like, I get within like five feet of those fish. Usually That's just, amazing. So can, like, just dap it on their head, you know, and they don't yeah. really seem to mind. Um, for sure. Like you do spook some, you'll go through yeah. and not even know they're there and hit a twig and everything just erupts and you're like, all right, moving on. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty they're not, they're not terribly spooky. Cause I don't think they're used to people chasing them on a boat like that. Yeah. And if yeah. They're, they're getting shot with a, an arrow. So that was my next question. Do, do you, do you have a lot of bow hunting pressure back up in those flats? I I've man, not really. No, I've seen a couple guys before Yeah, with like Roosevelt Lake seems to have more of those people. Um, 
and yeah, they have like the huge like lifeguard tower on like the top yeah. of their boat. Like no, there's not. There. In my experience, there's nothing that kills a a carp spot like a dude rolling through there with a bow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great! And at nighttime, we'll see him because we'll go striper fishing at night, just like yeah. me and buddies and drop anchovies. Yeah, and yeah, they'll go in the, like a cove and just light that thing up. You can just see like the glow of the cove. Oh yeah, and just hear, hear the boat just like yeah. You're like, that off. place isn't going to fish for a while. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably why when you go back there at daytime, there's nothing, not a carp to be found. <laughs> yeah. They learn. They learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're smart. Yeah. Interesting. So with the lake stuff, it is, I mean, do you ever see anyone else out there carp fishing? Oh, man. Um, I mean, has it taken off at all? I don't think. I don't think I ever have. I don't think I've ever seen anybody on a boat doing it. Definitely yeah. no. Because even like, even bass fishing, like there's, I have one other buddy that fishes off a boat uh, with the fly rod for bass. And like, I'm, there might be some other guys out there, but he's the only one that I've ever seen. And I remember seeing him out there and being like, no way. Like, what is that guy doing? <laughs> Who and he is had like that a, guy? Yeah. He had like a stealth craft, like a, their little skiff. Yeah. No, no platform on it or anything, but he just bass fishing. And I was like, just like blown away to see somebody casting a fly rod out there other than me. That's interesting. <laughs> Usually it's people just see me and they're like, what the hell is that guy doing? <laughs> that's, I mean, it, that's interesting. Is there, is there conventional bass anglers out there? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. That's huge. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Those guys are everywhere. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I thought, but none of them, I mean, they must look at you like you're a freaking weirdo when you pull up. The yeah. Ramp. I think so. I think a lot of them, I, like every now and then you'll hear a guy being like, Oh yeah, I do it. If they're, if they're like on top, like pushing yeah. top water around, but yeah, like I'm always out there with the fly rod. So I'm sure I get weird looks. I've heard people being just saying stuff, you know, noise kind of like travels on the water oh yeah for sure <laughs> a lot of people don't know that <laughs> like oh my god he has a fly rod out here oh he's catching bass with it <laughs> like blown away that's interesting and that's, yeah. I, I guess i ask because it's you know in that environment like there are people a lot of you know we, we say oh being a fly fishing guy in phoenix arizona that's weird but like there's yeah. a lot of people that fish in phoenix arizona yeah. they just fish yeah. with gear and for bass and stuff like that so yeah yeah you know, we have we have tackle shops so we have so many tackle shops and like we have orvis and az fly shop for fly shops and like that's it <laughs> yeah like it's but then there's sportsmen's cabela's bass pro we have yeah. like so many different gear fishing stores it's crazy huge boat scene everybody has these crazy boats out here it's yeah yeah it's amazing that you haven't that there hasn't been like i guess there there is because i mean hell we're in we're talking about it but like yeah. conversion or at least as we call fly curious people that yeah. are like yeah. kind of coming over you know yeah 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 no kidding i think it's just like the ease of gear fishing for bass is like, I mean, I uh, usually fly rods are like a handicap for me with fly fishing. Cause it's just like, you can't compare to those stop water. You can't compare to like a big crazy crankbait that just, like Oh yeah. Does what fish want one. Yeah. They're making all these rattle noises and stuff like that. But yeah, I think when people see it fishing good and it's like, you're ripping a top a big popper through there as fast as you can and bass are just hammering it. People are like, okay, that looks like a, a little bit of fun. And then I've yeah. also heard people being like, oh, that looks like way too much work. And I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah, more rewarding. It's so much yeah. more fun. 
Yeah. No, yeah. I, I those are the same, you know, responses that I get from, you know, a lot of the bass guys out here. They're either very curious or they're like, that's a lot of work. So yeah. and, and everyone from Phoenix, they're all transplants. They're usually from like we get a lot of snowbirds, so like Midwest people. So they're kind of stuck in their ways. Gotcha. Um, and I think that's a lot of like they hear me catching carp and they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, why are you <laughs> yeah. doing that? That is but so yeah. far down their list of game oh, fish yeah. that it's not even funny. I've had people like just randomly like text me like hate messages almost about it. Just like, why are you doing that? You stupid son of a bitch. Like <laughs> carp are for, they're for kill them and leave them. Like just being like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> People like, I can't believe you charge money to catch carp. <laughs> Just completely insulting their yeah, entire so intelligence. <laughs> yeah. That's but funny. They just tried it. So much fun. Got so much fun. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think in the fly fishing world, it's fairly well established as like a viable game fish. And I, yeah. I you know, most people that have tried carp fishing have this like, oh, yeah, I don't do that because it's really hard. <laughs> mentality yeah, yeah. it's not like oh cart fishing's you know for the birds are lame or they're dirty yeah. fish they're like nah man that that shit's too hard i want to go catch yeah. fish <laughs> yeah and i can remember having like when i first started trying just being like how do you do this like trying to fish them for like a, it's a trout yeah yeah and then hitting that learning curve and you're like oh oh okay that's why you guys are down there that's why you're sipping on the top and yeah connecting the dots but even even it's always something new with these fish i feel like i feel like our fishing is never consistent like we'll have one last year i was throwing dry flies on uh, this particular chunk of canal just like every week just having super good success and now like there's not a single fish in that stretch of canal and i can't i don't know where they're at i don't know where they went and it's just like man well it's interesting when you were talking at the beginning about what they're doing right now with caging up the fish, draining and all that stuff. I mean, that's yeah. that's just like a normal, you know, our trout rivers, like in a normal winter, they blow out, shit gets moved yeah. around, fish get moved around, and you got to figure it out again in the spring, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I never even thought of it like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the normal cycle of a of a river. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, no, yeah. So. Yeah, it's a good point to look at it, good way. Yeah. So the other thing you guys have around there is, uh, I know when I was out there, you have, you do have some natural rivers. Yeah. Like, um, the Verde river is like a natural and scenic river. Um, it's not dammed up. The first dam of it is, uh, right above Bartlett and it's called horseshoe dam. But, um, yeah, that Verde river is like a pristine, I mean, I wouldn't, it, we call it the dirty Verde, but it's, uh, it has smallies in it. it has all kinds of like the natural fish in it wow i mean even the lower salt river it's pretty it's dammed up but it's still pretty like salt river is really pretty and there's a ton of life in it and it, it's kind of amazing that it's right there in the middle of the desert but yeah no uh, the time i fished it i mean it was it was a cool river yeah it's usually nice and clear and like you're just like amazed god i've seen like six pound bass just cruising around in that thing and just yeah 30 pound carb giant suckers. I think I, um, it might be the world record for the Sonoran sucker comes out of there. I think, I think you're correct. I remember Matt telling me sure. that Matt Callie. Yeah. 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 I, K- Casey had it for a while and then Alex, Alex Lubert got it last year. What, what was it? What is the world record for the, 
I think it's like 25 or 26 and a quarter or something like that. Wow. 26 inches or something like that. That's insane. Those fish are really cool. And they're, they're old. They're like, they're native. Um, they get down. I've seen those things like bend up a 10 weight and just like run like crazy. Yeah. Um, and those are, you know, out here, a lot of our listeners think of a sucker and they're like, Bleh. but it's yeah. a little different breed out where you guys are. Tell, talk a little bit about those. Cause that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know like their scientific name, but their, their appearance is like, um, they look a lot like our suckers, but they're not our suckers. Yeah. They're, they're have, when they're like all spawned up, they have real gold belly and like a dark brown top and they have yep. like crazy fins. Um, they hang down low They're Yeah. They're just like normal little suckers are always schooling up. Um, their lips kind of look like carp though. They yeah. kind of have bottom lips on them. I don't think they have the whiskers on them or anything like that. No, though, but. no, not, yeah. They fight though. Like our suckers out here, like you get one and you're like, Oh, Oh, you know? Oh yeah. No, ours are like, get out of here. Like, what is that in my face? Just running. God, that thing bent that 10 weight over so much. I was just like, Holy crap. Like, what did you catch? Wow. So you're fishing like, a 10 weight for those things. I had, I think I had my eight weight, but he had his 10 weight and yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It, yeah, it would have done some damage to like a five weight for sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And now cool. how are you guys fishing for those? Cause they're all bycatch out here. You know, you're nymphing and for trout, and yeah. you catch the old bugle lip, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're just dropping, uh, they're either nymphing for them or they sight fish for them. Cause that river, like, uh, about a month ago, it, it only flows when everybody fishes it. It's at like eight CFS. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh gotcha. yeah. So I think it's a lot of sight fishing. Um, the one I hooked one years ago and it was, uh, I was sight fishing for it, but yeah, that's cool. cool. And they stock, they stock trout in there during this time of year. So a lot of the older snowbird guys really like that area because it's easily accessible. It's right there. And yeah. It, that place. It's usually like lines of people at that place. I think that's why I don't really go there too much. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause with the, yeah, again, with the boat, you can get back there where nobody can get and you're all secluded. It's, it's yeah, it's cool. Gotcha. That I makes like that sense. secluded fishing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like you got quite a bit of it. So yeah, you know. yeah, surprisingly. Well, that's cool, man. That sounds like. I mean, when you talk about fisheries, it sounds like the diversity is pretty good, considering what most people's interpretation of Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. would be. Yeah, I just say we're just a product of my environment. <laughs> I got tired of driving hours for. We got we have giant carp and. I've seen some gnarly browns up here, but, but you got to work for them. It's so much more work than just walking Yeah, 10 yeah. minutes to the canal and catching a fish that's double the size. Yeah, no, for sure. For and sure. Kind of how it happened and then just exploring, finding everything that we got. What is the, uh, you know, as, as the canal, as you say, there's an alligator gar as we, as we kind of wrap up, what's, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in the canals? Oh man. Um, Nothing crazy. My wife is always surprised that I haven't found a dead body or anything, but there's a, there's a lot of syringes. Um, I've seen dog fights happen along the canal. I've seen cars get broken into. Um, we People chasing us off of the canals. If you're like, we have a lot of transients kind of setting up along the canals now. So they're like, they see a camera and they think you're filming them and they like freak out. 
but yeah, yeah no, nothing really crazy. We usually try and stay in the nicer parts of town for sure. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a good that's a good thing. <laughs> There's you, places where I'm like, hey, this is really good fishing, but don't take anybody here. <laughs> yeah, this is not safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do uh? What's the weirdest fish you've ever caught in the canal? Because I've seen some. You know, you've posted some pictures of some like basically giant koi and all sorts of weird stuff. Yeah. Um. Probably like uh. I always think it's weird when you catch an Oscar, like the cichlids, like the oh yeah fish that people just throw in there. Oh There's yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's really it. Um. Since we're always like sight fishing them, it's always like kind of you know what you're getting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's definitely like I've uh, bear trap was just catching these big old tilapia out of there. <laughs> like what the hell is that doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> you got to imagine people just dump stuff in there. I would imagine. Oh, yeah, like yeah. their trash and stuff. There's been a few kids that have like unfortunately drowned in there because oh, wow. they're not they're not gated off or anything. So yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I know some people wanted the canals all gated off. Just based on people falling in and just that. Yeah. yeah. There's been accidents, people driving into them, accidents. And yeah, there's all kinds of craziness. Yeah. Arizona's just, or Phoenix is crazy though in itself. Yeah. Leave humans to it and they'll ruin it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great, man. It's been great talking to you and kind of we've been trying to make this happen for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I know we came out and we did the video with you. Loon Outdoors came out there. So if people want to watch that, different places, different fish, different fish, yeah. different places out yeah, there with yeah, you. I know Dom came out and came home being like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was a great day of fishing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always refer people. I'm like, if you want to know what we're doing, just watch this video. <laughs> well, and it's awesome because Dom is a very traditional steelhead fisherman and like swing flies <laughs> and kind of... He, he's, he, you know, he's a Delta fisherman and he's way into yeah. bass and stuff like that. But I think even it surprised him what he was doing out there and watching you guys yeah. do. So <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a, that's a quick search away if anyone wants to see what's going on out there, but yeah. why don't you share with everyone uh, where they can reach you and all that type of stuff? Yeah. Um, my website is a uh, L O water um, Instagram or low water guide. Um, and you can call or text me anytime, um, website information has all my contact information on it and everything like that. Great. Great. And I imagine there's, gosh, a lot of our listeners will at some point in their life fly into yeah. sky Harbor and be in Phoenix, Arizona. So don't leave your fly rods at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can leave them. Yeah. Bring them. I got the gear too, but yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah. get you all lined out and get you dialed in so you can go do it on your own every time you come back. Nice. Well, That's hey, Derek, kind of cool. I really appreciate you having a, having a, having a conversation and coming on the show, and uh, hopefully our paths will cross in person someday. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Hey, this is Hogan Brown signing off. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Loon Outdoors and Sierra Nevada Brewing, and we will catch you next time. No better, fish better. Part of the Barbless Podcast Network. Special thanks to our sponsors. Without them, this show would not be possible. Like this episode? Leave a review. 